Who's on top? And welcome back to episode 35 of Who's on Top. I'm your host, Ori. And today we got some special guests, special poetry, and some beef in with our analysts. But let's start off introducing our special guest. This is Eli Fishman out of Columbia High School. Eli, what do you have to say for us today? Uh, I have to say I'm excited. Wow. A man with <laughs> few words, but so prodigious in stature. But let's turn to our analysts. I'm going to introduce them by ranking of winning and losses for predictions this week. Coming in. In last place, due to a last-second tiebreaker, we have the Russian machine, Alice Gordon. Hello, guys. I did come in last place, but two I Two times in a row. And I've won two times in a row. I'm still the only double champ. I just want to say something. I want to be good to my competitors. I got 63% right this week. That was last place, which is a new high for last place. So that means my competitors did very good. So congrats to all of you guys. I'll be humble about it. Thank you, loser. And moving on to our second loser, Jeremy Giles, the yes. fencing captain. Can I just mention that Ellis got last and said he'd be humble about getting last place. That is all. Thank you very much. Second place, the self-titled I Am The Sims, Daniel Fox. Um, I'm not self-titled. I didn't know that this was hosting capabilities. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, people get a little cranky when they lose. So, and I guess that's just Ellis taking out his frustration for being such a loser all the time. Daniel's in second place with – but now – our first time winner after being stuck in second place for all of eternity. We have the Frisbro, Jacob Cassidy. Yes, finally got my victory. It took four rounds. But you know, we're used to going for many, many rounds, so we're chilling. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> As Jacob said, we're used to going for many, many rounds. He knows what he's talking about. Fishman, um, I wanna give you a little chance to plug whatever you'd like to plug at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, it is up to you, so go ahead. Plug in the YouTube channel, Talking Ball with Eli Fishman. 8.3K sub, 10K subs by the end of 2020. Can we get there? Yes, uh, we can. Yes, we can. We better be able the to. The ceiling is the roof. Well, let's move on to the World Series. We got Eli, who's a baseball expert, so I'm going to have him break down a little World Series preview, and anyone that has anything else to say about it can just jump in as they want. First of all, hitting with the prediction, Rays and seven. I feel like it's a good matchup, but the Rays are going to come away with this one just because of the depth and the, the clutch that they have. Like the Dodgers bullpen is not there where it needs to be. They don't have the secondary players um, like Perez behind the plate or Mike Brousseau who could come up clutch. The Dodgers don't have those type of guys. So I'm going to say the Rays come away with this one. Kershaw hasn't been throughout the playoffs in his playoff career. You know, the Hall of Famer that he has been in the regular season. You know, Dustin May has been hot, but he's had his cold streaks. Same things with Walker Bueller. Great outing the other night, but throughout the postseason, he hasn't been completely consistent. So just the consistency and the depth of the Rays, they're going to bring them their championship. And I feel like that will be great for their organization. 28th in the MLB in payroll. And they're going to no. win a world champion. They're the next Oakland A's. You know, they invented the shift and invented the opener. Like, you know, you got to give it to him. Well, Eli, I just want to ask Eli, you. Eli, wait, hold up, Daniel. Before you start, for our non-baseball fans, including myself, do you want to break down the shift um, as a concept and why the Rays have done it so well? 
I don't know why the Rays did it so well. Maybe it's just that they have such a good analytics department. But basically, every player in their hat has a little a little scouting report, you would call it. So, like, and it lists every player and where they should be on the field. So it says 3R, 3B for back, and tells them where to go on the field, right? Which is obviously, like, genius. And what they do is they look at the spray charts for where the hitter hits the ball, and they play there, like, to minimize the balls that drop. So, yeah. It's basically like forecasting for hit charts. Basically, yeah. Eli, can I ask you, are you unbiased? In this, do you have any affiliation or fandom of one of the two teams playing? To, playing? I, I do not. My unbiased opinion is Rays in seven. My biased opinion is Rays in four. <laughs> so, yeah, you are biased. I'm um, not biased. Okay. The Rays so, are winning. We'll, we'll discuss this in nine days. Talk. Yeah, okay. But let me just say something. The Rays have not hit extraordinary well. They've gone by basically <clears throat> primarily on pitching. I think we could all agree on that. And they faced three teams with pretty mediocre to below average pitching staffs when you talk about the Yankees, Astros, and Blue Jays. This is not a mediocre pitching staff when you talk about Walker Buehler, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Arias. And I look, I know they got a little shaky at the back end of the bullpen with Kelly and Jansen, but these are still guys who have proven postseason performers. And the Dodgers' offense is head and shoulders. Look, I give a lot of respect to the Rays, but it's head and shoulders the Dodgers' offense over the Rays when you talk about one through nine and the guys in the middle of the order, they don't have, you know, Yandy Diaz batting third. They have Cody Bellinger. So for that reason, I got Dodgers in five. Yeah. I have what's, to the, what's the point? Yandy, I'm sure Yandy Diaz's overall statistics are better than Bellinger. And Diaz has the clutch factor, which Bellinger does, but he's not nearly as consistent. I bet if we were to look at the statistics on base, on base, we're looking that up right now. You're a baseball guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you taking, Cody Bellinger or Yandy Diaz? Cody Bellinger. Okay, good. That's that, that's the point. Randy Rosarena. Randy, I'd take Randy Rosarena over Cody yeah, Bellinger uh, any day. I just want to step in here with uh, my my thoughts on the uh, game, the series. So it, it very much is a very interesting dynamic. Big, uh, obviously, big money club, small small money club with Rays versus the um versus the Dodgers, and I like. The Rays have been really, really good this year. You can't take that away from them. And for what the money they're working on and the fans that they have, it's, well, I guess, additional fans this year. But in general, fans. Yeah, I know. But in general, this is a very impressive feat for the Rays. That said, I have to agree with Fox here as much as I hate to say it, that star power wins out in the World Series. Um, yeah, the Rays, the Rays, I just don't think in the big moments will have the star power that the Dodgers have in the series. Like Mookie Betts will come up clutch is my prediction. I think the Dodgers will go in six, but I could see it seven, two. It's definitely going to be a good series. The Rays can always compete with any team, but I think star power in the end wins the day. Another yeah, factor I'll... we're not considering, do you think the Rays are ready to play in front of 15,000 fans? I mean, have they ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's 11,000. Still, they've still never. Oh, still, still. Yeah. They closed off the entire section of the uh, the the yeah, entire it's be upper all the deck of fans. the I don't know. All right, I'll put I'll put my little two piece right. for this series, as we see Ori's great memes behind his camera, behind his face. But uh, yeah, as Ellis and Fox have both said, star power wins. As much as like, obviously, I don't want to see the Rays win, being a Yankee fan, but it'd be cool for the Rays to win with their low payroll and they're like, I guess like very very 
average team that has performed very, very well. But uh, I think the Dodgers' star power, they're pitching, they're hitting, it's heating up for sure. Bellinger homered in game one. He homered, he hit the go-ahead home run in, against the Braves, and he's getting hot. I think Dodgers in five. Five? All right. I mean, look, I, I agree, Jacob. Um, like me in bed, this is an average thing that performs very well. And I, I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm just really impressed that a team that has such a low payroll uh, can make it this far. It's like you guys know that my real beef with baseball is with the salary, like lack yeah, of no salary, salary cap. Yeah. Like, look, the game's boring and whatnot. Fishman, I know you'll disagree in Fox and Jacob and pretty it's much boring. everyone else. It's very boring. Not me. Yeah. I look, look it's not such an interesting game, but the fact that it's unfair makes it so much worse. But I think that the testament uh, to the ingenuity of the Rays is really that they made it this far, even with nothing, even being hated by literally everyone with no fans. I mean, I, I, I really wish that they could win. Um, I'm rooting for the Rays. And oh, I, I don't know, are, yeah. are we yeah. stamping our uh, our endorsement on the Rays? I Can we have a unanim- unanimous who's on top endorsement on the Rays, or are we not? Um, no. 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 Wait, hold on. Uh, fo- hold on. Foxy. You got, you got the yeah. Look, I've been a, large, I've been a pretty big uh, anti-Rays guy. Yeah. Mostly because they don't have that much talent. But their pitching staff, and I've tweeted about this. Follow me on uh, Walk.Podcast, a lot of good tweets. Um, But I've tweeted about how everyone coming out of their arm, out of their bullpen, 100, 100, 100, 100 nasty spiders. Mm. So they might not have the talent on offense, but pitching-wise, they've got arms for days. I said, whoever, anybody on the Rays, if they were on the Red Sox, they'd start every game. They're just so much better talent-wise pitching than – Dan, what's your Not prediction? just the Red Sox, but every other Dan, team. Dan, what's your prediction? Officially, what's your prediction? Prediction? Are we doing that now? Yeah, right now. Yeah, we're, we're already this one into it. Let's do it. I told you, Dodgers in five. The only thing I will say is we all know that I am not a big baseball fan. Like Ori, I have very similar qualms with baseball. Playoff baseball is very fun to watch. I will give it that. But I also have sour cap problems. So I am 100% Tampa Bay Rays. Please win. It would be amazing. The amount of crap that... Ellis, Daniel, and Jacob have talked about them. Just to see them win would be oh, the best. I hate moment. the race. Like I hate the race not that as much as I do. You just they said do. You, you hate them. That's true. So I am one hundred percent rooting for the race. With that said, I picked the Dodgers since the beginning, and I am going to stick with that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go Dodgers in six. I, I don't think Dodgers in five, but because well, I think it is a, the Rays are a very good team. Well, I just want to mention one last thing was we said in the beginning of baseball season, in the beginning of one of the like episode twenty, early twenties, that we said. Rule number one we read on as a podcast at the time. Don't pick against uh, when predictions against the Dodgers and the I Yankees. I never have. And so the Rays so the Rays broke that with the Yankees by obviously beating the Yankees, and we'll see if they break that rule with the Dodgers. And I was the only one. Can I just say all I was my the only other, one who the Rays. All my other podcast mates broke that with the Braves, but I did not. I stood strong, True. even though the Dodgers were down 0-2. And yeah, who won, did, the, who, who the won the week, Jeremy? Who won? Who won? Who won, who won the game? We're not talking about the week. We're talking uh, about the game. Jeremy would have lost if he didn't pick the Dodgers. Yeah. Right. So hats off to him for really deep diving the numbers, really crunching, really, analyzing really using every baseball knowledge. Look, sometimes, you know, a good team, when they're down, they fight back. That's all you need to know. You don't need to think more. Name one right. player. Let's move on. Lookie Bats. Name, name, name one other player. Cody Bellinger. One there other one. Name a pitcher. Why am okay, I a pitcher? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever cried 
Have you ever felt pain? Have you ever watched your team in 2015 at 10 and 5 facing a bad team, the final drive, trip to the playoffs on the line and watch them fail as Fitzpatrick, who just got benched, by the way, forgets how to play quarterback? Just me? Okay. Well, I have the product for you. The transfer window for fans. After four years with a team, like a typical rookie contract, you may need to shop a new team. For the small price of $50 paid directly to us, you may switch a new team. You can join the Chiefs and my Mahomie, Patrick Mahomes, the Ravens, ooh, Lamar, so fast, or even the Seahawks, Wilson fans for life. And once you sign your new contract, you must be a fan for at least five years. After that, you can return to your home team when they maybe, just maybe, have hope, or maybe not. Thank you very much, and hopefully you will join the fan transfer window. Thank you, Jeremy, for that great ad. All right, this is the part of the podcast where we take a sport where 300-pound men hit each other really hard wearing really tight clothes, and we make poems out of it. So let's start off with the AFC and NFC South. Daniel, you're taking the Southern route today. Please take it away. I'll, I'll start with the AFC South. All right, ready? Play the funky music. Titans versus Texans in the game of the year. When Derrick Henry gets the ball, it's not the rat tail they fear. Good on Deshaun Watson. Don't forget, he's elite. Dropping 36 on Tennessee. Wow, quite a feat. The Colts got quite the test for the Bengals and their kid QB. Philip Rivers has a minivan, as long as the eyes can see. Jaguars against the Lions. A big ol' who cares? Minshew might suck, but hey, he has good hair. Yay. Very nice. Snap, 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 snap. Very nice, Daniel. All right, let's have... Mm, who do I want the lineup? I want Jacob to take the NFC East, the greatest division of all time. Jacob, you want the music football. or no? Uh, no. The football team still sucks. The Cowboys are a bunch of bleep. The, <laughs> Eagles, have, the Eagles have two starters left. The New York Giants are going to be thefts and win the division. Okay. Oh, very nice. We'll take. Some, we took some poetic license with the end there, but I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy, I want you to take the AFC East, the, <laughs> the second greatest division of all time. Thank you very much. I am going to do today's Inspired by the World Was Wide Enough from Hamilton. Legacy. What is a legacy? Don't ask Josh Allen. He's no longer planting seeds in a garden he'll never get to see. Bill Belichick wrote all the notes at the beginning of a sound. What's Cam? He forgot to sing for me. Two says Miami, you great unfinished symphony. You set for me. You let me make a difference. A play for even left-handers. You. Can leave their fingerprints and rise up. Donald running out of time. I'm running and my time's up. Wise up. Trevor's up. Dan with the NFC South. All right. Bucks versus Packers. Brady versus Rodgers. A goat versus a guy. Brady was sharp, as was the Bucks D. When the lights come on, Rodgers goes by. The Saints had a week off to rest Breeze's noodle. Ellis is as soft as his grandmother's poodle. Poodle. The fret. Oh, the Falcons got a win in the heart of Mitty while Dan Quinn was vacationing in Equatorial Guinea. The Panthers gave the Bears a pretty good battle. Get some pressure on Teddy? Don't worry, he'll get rattled. Nice. Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Fishman, I understand that you have one prepared for us. Yes, it's very chips. All right. <laughs> All right, I got the AFC North. The Steelers <laughs> straight bullied the Browns. Odell and Stefanski, they're clowns. Minka Fitzpatrick, pick six. Big Ben consistently moving the sticks. Maybe Juju should start dancing in the end zone and not on TikTok if NFC North want to be a lock. 
not progressive commercials. Baker Mayfield's got to be going to accuracy rehearsals. Lamar Jackson with the QB sneak, but B-more's offensive line looking weak. Barely caught the dub versus Wentz. So what are they going to do against that Steelers defense? Joe Burrow looking like a rookie trash bag. Colts threw him a cookie. Phillip Rivers is very old, but the Bengals defense is very cold. All right. I guess um, I left the NFC North for myself because, you know, the Lions. So let's try it out. The Bucks and Brady sent the Packers packing. Aaron Rodgers, like Dan said, do be slacking. Julio Statline went 8-140-2, and, and he ended up cooking the Vikings like a Minnesotan stew. Hmm. The Bears now lead the NFC North. From the Packers, they took the lead back and forth. They also made Bridgewater look bad. The Teddy found out his Bears were his real dad. Uh, uh-huh. The Lions showed the Jaguars who's the real big cat. They made Gardner Minshew look like a mustache overweight acrobat. And now we're two and three. DeAndre Swift, please take my virginity. Our resident Maya Angelou. Ellis Gordon. Thank you, thank you. All right, NFC West is first. I come back to back with you guys. Wait, Angelo, not Angelo. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this off air. Jimmy G came out firing. Debo Samuel's play was simply inspiring. The Rams failed to show up against a good team again. They may be pretenders, not contenders, my good friend. Cardinals spanked the Cowboys on Monday night. Buda Baker gave Dalton a real fright. The Seahawks are out on a bye, so opposing defenses get to sing themselves a lullaby. All right, and I guess I'm next too. So now to round it up with the AFC West. The Chiefs decide to take the W on the ground. Clyde Edwards' hilarious was simply profound. Raiders and, Char- Raiders and Chargers got a rest this week. Drew Locke was kind of butt cheeks. In the end, though, the Broncos took the dub. But for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fantasy owners, the future is a fat flub. That's you! That is me. That is me. All right, I think that's our poetry, Ori. And that's, that's our resident poetry for this week. Check us out next week on the Nobel Prize Committee, where you should all be nominated. But let's move on to the sad, sad part of the week, where we mourn many different things, including Daniel's wrist, straight out of surgery, did not have surgery yet. Jacob's sobriety. All right. Mark Ingram, the beast from the Ohio State University, so we don't really care about him. Let's move on. Uh, David Bakitari hurt his chest. He's tried to bench as much as me, and unfortunately, he failed. Bro, you're so smart, but you suck at pronouncing these people's names. It's Darnell ridiculous. Savage hurt his quad trying to do a handstand. Really? I think that reporting's wrong. I don't know. Um, Devontae Parker's groin. Too much time with... Uh, no, no, no. Devin Bush hurt his a- tore his ACL. Um, I think he tried to do this by touching a backboard his sophomore year of high school and then ended up crashing into the bleachers and not being able to play soccer his junior year and being... Oh, that's how you, that's how you tore your ACL? No, that's how Devin Bush tore his ACL. Okay. That's okay. how he tore his ACL. He was an idiot. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders hurt his knee. 
This makes the Eagles, the Eagles rushing game even more PPE. Yes, I'm bringing in some poetry into this. Zach Ertz hurt his ankle trying to play soccer with his wife. He lost pretty badly. Raheem Mostart hurt his ankle. Daniel Fox put in some moves in in basketball. And Raheem thought they were so bad that he just tripped over himself. Oh. Oh. <laughs> CJ Board hurt his neck and a concussion. Wait, his name's CJ Board? Unironically? Yes. yes, his name's CJ Board. He's on the, he's on the Giants. Oh, this is going to be a fun one to pronounce. He's also on the Giants. Darnai Holmes <laughs> hurt his neck trying to uh, make sure Cardi B was okay. Miles, <laughs> Mike Hughes hurt his neck. Well, so let's move on to another ad. I believe Daniel has one for us this week. Okay. Ready? All right, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full screen on this so I can't see your reactions while I read it, okay? Oh, no. Your roommate won't do any of his chores, even though he goes to sleep at 3 a.m. How can you give him a good kick in the ass without completely alienating him? Have no fear with the chore whiner. The chore whiner has sensors to detect when your roommate hasn't done his task and creates automated responses to push him in the right direction. Roommate hasn't done the dishes? Wash me. Wash me, Jeremy. Roommate hasn't swept. Sweep me. Sweep me, Jeremy. The chore whiner even has custom responses to fit your exact situation, such as, you can't just put stuff in the dishwasher without washing the food off first. Come on, man, get it together. The chore whiner is available at any Trader Joe's near you and only costs as much as whatever is left on Jeremy's credit card. So get the chore whiner today and get your roommate to do his damn chores. Uh, Daniel, maybe, maybe you should invest in one of those, Daniel. I will, I will not comment on this. I would just say that we've been finding a lot of granola bar wrappers recently. And oh, I'm okay. On who's those all right, all right. Uh, all right. Let's, just, let's keep I'm it simple. Stop this passive aggressiveness. <laughs> let's move on. We're going to introduce a new, new segment this week. Fishman's here to see, watch the premiere, so he's going to get a front row seat to it. This is the overhype, underhype court court. Ellis, I want, I want you to um, take it away and explain yeah. to our listeners yeah. and to Eli what they have to do this All week. All right, so we, we've got three players here. We'll introduce the players as they come up. Um, and we're going to take sides here. Are they overhyped, underhyped, or just right? And so these play, three players this week are quarterbacks. And we're going to take sides and try to debate in court as Ori is the judge and we'll choose who gets what. Are they overhyped, underhyped, or just right? And our first player is going to be Lamar Jackson. So, let me hear it. Are they overhyped, underhyped, or just right? Just hop in, or he's the judge. He gets final discussion. I want to I, I wanna first get the Ellis a great idea, your segment idea. So, you know, if it fails, it's on you. But um, I want to hear first from Eli Fishman. Lamar Jackson, overhyped, underhyped? I thought, isn't one of the answers just right? Yeah, you can, yeah. Do, that. You can do that. Yeah, I would say just right for Jackson because – he hasn't quite proven that he's one of those top quarterbacks. Like he's in a Jimmy Garoppolo situation with bringing his team so far last year and proving, you know, he's on that level of elite quarterbacks, but he just hasn't had the length of a career in the NFL. Like he's really last year was his first full year um, as, as a quarterback in the NFL. So I feel like I've got to see more out of him. And this year he hasn't had a bad season but he's relied way too much on his legs, hasn't thrown the deep ball at all. So, you know, if he wants to move up that list, um, he's got to prove some more. And 
he's been a little bit underhyped recently compared to what he how hyped up he was last year. So that's why I'm going to go with Jish Wright. I'm going to uh, – Jacob, I want you to take, uh, take close notes here. Can you get a paper out, please? Um, so, so you see how one year of production does not mean he's the best quarterback of all time, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, Jacob Kazin. Not what I was saying. He was the best Madden quarterback. Okay, Jacob. Madden. Yes, the best Madden quarterback. All right. All right. Moving on to you. Um, what do you think? Underhyped? Yeah, overhyped? Honestly, just right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Eli here on this one. I think he's, he's just right right now. I think last year he was overhyped, but he's kind of come back down to earth this year, and teams have figured out how to slow him down a little bit. I was actually talking to one of my friends at Syracuse last week. We were talking about how we both thought that Lamar's he's reached his ceiling like already this season. And that's like personally, I think he has reached his ceiling. He needs to learn how to pass the ball more to look to look more for the open open players. Yeah, his receivers aren't great, but he just relies too heavily on his running game, and defenses can figure out a way to stop that. You know, if it comes down to that, just like in Madden, just put four QB spies, and that's all you need to do. So I think as of now, he's just right, but he still has the potential to be underrated or very very good. Sounds good. I am a simp. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I'll just pretend like you called on me, but I don't know who I am simp is. Um, yeah, I, I agree sort of what with Fishman and Jacob said. I think that last year when you talk about him, obviously he deserved MVP, but I think it's just because I think having a full offseason to adjust to him has really paid de- dividends for NFL defenses. I think it says something that I don't think defenses are scared to have him throw. I think they feel very comfortable if they get an early lead like we saw in the Chiefs-Ravens game. So let make Lamar Jackson throw and make him have to come back. And we saw that in the Titans game playoff playoff game last year. So, look, I don't think – there's two things I want to see from Lamar Jackson before I start calling him, you know, a top three, five quarterback, whatever some people list him. I want to see him improve throwing the ball. Okay, he doesn't need to be great. He can still be a great player without it. But to take that next level, he needs to improve at least a little bit with his accuracy. And, two, I want to see him win a playoff game. Hard to call someone an elite quarterback when they haven't won a playoff game. Cough, cough, Matthew Stafford. I'm, I'm going to ignore that. I think he is an elite quarterback, and we all know it. But go ahead, Jeremy. Um, so I think for me, I'd say he's a little underhyped right now. Just because I think last – everyone in the fan base, is, they're very reactionary and they think of absolutes. Not everyone, but a lot of people, right? So last year was, oh, my God, he's the MVP. He's so good. Then he loses one – has one bad playoff game, has a bad start, and now it's suddenly that he's not very good. He can't throw. The answer, quite honestly, in my mind, is somewhere in the middle. Is he the MVP in the best quarterback in the league? No. I think we know that. Russell Wilson's better than him. Patrick Mahomes is better than him. And unless something dramatically shifts in how he throws the ball, I don't see that changing. But one, he's played in two playoff games, and one was in his rookie year, He's, which I basically don't count because you're still a rookie at that point. He's essentially, in my mind, had one bad playoff game. I'm not going to say for forever that he just, like, is going to define him. And I understand he doesn't play well from behind, but he's still neither just Aaron Rodgers for that set. And he's still a very elite quarter, been a elite quarterback. Fair point. Career. My only point is that he's not, he doesn't play well from behind. He's not behind very often. So I think he's a little bit underhyped. I don't think he was, is, should be as hyped as he was last year. Maybe someday, I think he could get there and legitimately improve in passing that much. But I'd say he's probably right around the five, six best quarterback in the league. And I will take the side opposite of Jeremy. Overhyped. I still maybe it's just because my perception of him based on the, or based on like the NFL people talking. 
is still that he's an MVP caliber player. If you look at his stats, his running is still there, but his pat like his completion percentage dropped, not as bad. His passing yards have just plummeted. He looks like a league average passer. That's an amazing runner, and you know people I still think of him that he can. You cannot lead a team while being an average passer. I'm like, well, maybe the Ravens just because their defense is good, but I still think people think he's almost MVP form, and I just don't think he is. Maybe that's just my I'm getting wrong the perception, but I think he's overhyped. He he makes great runs. And he, he, he can scare defenses, but the passing has just not been there for a good amount of time. I guess the, I think two things that one thing I wouldn't overreact too much. Like I know he's had to play get great, but they've only lost one game so far this year. I understand it was a bad loss, but still. And I think the one thing about the stats is yes, his stats are going down, but part of the thing with Lamar Jackson is a lot of what makes him good isn't so much in the stats, right? That this ability and threat to run is a lot of what opens up the running game and makes the running game for the team as a whole, which is one of the best running offenses in the NFL what makes it be able to be as strong as it is right so yes he's weaker stat wise and I'm not going to deny that and say that that isn't significant it is but I don't think stats tell the whole story for Lamar Jackson the way they do for a lot of players so do you think he's a better passer than the stats suggest is that what you're saying no that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is that he doesn't have to be a better passer because okay like he could be the tenth best passer and still be like the fifth or sixth best quarterback. But he's not. But do you think? Passer. Do you think he's the tenth Jeremy, best passer? Jeremy, you're saying that's a that's a product of the system more than just. Not it's yes and no. I'm I'm not going to say John Harbaugh didn't help him. Of course he did. With that said, I don't think you're able to have this like kind of smash mouth running offense without Lamar Jackson, his threat to run on every single. Yeah, but would you say he's the tenth best passer? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Honestly, I think I think he's. I do think he's above average. Tenth best, I'm not sure. That might be a little bit high, but I still do think that. But around there. Oh, I actually think there. I do think he's I, around there. I actually think his passing stats overrate him because he's not really taking chances with the ball. So it's a lot of short stuff to tight ends, maybe the occasional deep ball to Marquise Brown. But because he has ten touchdowns and two interceptions, that doesn't really. It's a lot of short yardage touchdowns, and it's a lot of not taking chances. And I think the real stat is that he averages less than 200 yards a game. Yeah. Ori, what's your verdict? The, the judge has said the, the verdict is overhyped. He is overhyped as a passer and is a product mainly of his system, albeit that system is working out very well. All right. So the court has decided. All right. Moving on to the next player, we've got Baker Mayfield. Underhyped, overhyped, and just right. Ori? Now, are we talking about his um, – tendency to be licentious behind um, certain CVSs in Cleveland, or are we talking about his quarterback play on the field? I think we're talking about his quarterback play. All right, because I don't know. In terms of uh, how he sampled the city of Cleveland, I say he's pretty underhyped. Uh, there's a lot going on in Baker's, uh, Baker's agenda, and I think he's doing very well in that. But uh, in terms of quarterback play, I've not been impressed so far, but I'm going to let you guys get into it first. All right. I guess I'll start since I started last. I, I finished last time. I think it – so I'm going to say he's overhyped even though I think people hype him less, but I think he's worse than people realize. Now, I, I put a caveat on in this in that his injury makes me, makes me suspicious. It could be his ribs making him so bad. But I think the stats have actually helped him out a little bit because they're running. It's kind of like Lamar Jackson. They've ran so much that they've opened up the passing game. Baker Mayfield, from what I see him on, him on tape – and again, this could be the ribs, so I could be reactionary, and this could be the ribs, but he has not looked good on tape for about, in my opinion, a year and a half now. And thus, I still think people think he's a good quarterback in the NFL. 
I just don't think, other than his rookie season, he showed me anything to show he's a good quarterback in the NFL. And, again, sorry, I keep on saying this, but I do think it's a fair possibility, the ribs. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, the media and the perception of him as an NFL, like, fandom is mixes a lot depending on the game. But overall, I think it is overhype, even though the low standards he is at now. Um, if I could just say something about the running game quickly. So, first of all, I do – I guess the one thing I want to point before I say what I'm, my position is that I don't think the running game helps him in the same way just Lamar Jackson. Because to me, the running game helps Lamar Jackson's status go up because Lamar Jackson is a large part of what opens up that running game. With Baker Mayfield, is absolutely the opposite. Baker Mayfield has two, like possibly two top 10 running backs in the league. I don't necessarily think Kareem Hunt's at that level, but there certainly is an argument to be made that he could be. Right, so he has two elite running backs. He has a good line. So I think he's 100% overhyped. Like, I, I hesitate to say that just because there is not very much hype around him. Still left. think he overhyped. But I think if there is any hype, it's overhyped because I'm not even sure he's a starter in this league. Like, think of the talent he's surrounded by. He has been serviceable at best when surrounded with a, what seems so far to be a decent coach, a good line, two top 10 running backs, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Like, you don't get this good personnel and not be – and if you're not great, then you're not – then you are 100% overhyped. I couldn't agree more. Like, even Dak, I'm, who people – like, even Dak, who people argued is not a superstar talent, I personally don't think he is, was having an amazing season with, like, lesser weapons, in my opinion. So, imagine right. if Dak can do that, what can Baker, should Baker Mayfield be able to do? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go next. Obviously, we all know the Browns are – so far this year have been doing pretty well. They might be in the most stacked division record-wise this year, sitting four and two, third place in their division. But yeah, as as you guys have all said, if you look at the weapons that Mayfield has around him, you would think of like one of the best offenses of all time. Two two great running backs, in my opinion, top a top ten, top 12, 15, 20 receiver, very pretty good, pretty good tight end, decent O line. Mayfield just sucks. He's not good. Like I don't like him at all. I hate his commercials. Just let Saquon do the who commercials. Make me feel real. Oh my them. god! <laughs> okay, now now we got to the crux of the problem here. Now, um, no, yeah, so Mayfield's guess... just not good. He's overrated. People overrate him. If your if your team is that good, you should be good. Like he's not good. Yeah, I actually I think people think he sucks. I don't think anybody's really overrated. Yeah, that's. I think people understand that he's holding that he's holding the Browns back. And look, there is talent there. We see it in these games against bad teams where he puts up the numbers and everything's sort of clicking and all the weapons are getting involved. But against bad teams, he just, he just isn't there. And is it, was it an injury against Pittsburgh? Maybe. But we've seen it time and time again. We saw it early with the Ravens. We saw it a lot in big games last year that he just can't, he can't lead the Browns to victory. That's what I'm really trying to say. You can't put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands. He had 22 touchdowns, 21 picks. And like I tweeted out, again, on Podcast, he – it's year three. This isn't year one we're talking about. This is a year three quarterback. It's time to sink or swim. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel like he's one of those dudes who could have three followers on Instagram and he'd still be overhyped. Like, or overhyped? Yeah, overhyped. Yeah, overhyped. Yeah, overhyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Overhyped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like – it's ridiculous, like, the weapons that he has, like you guys all said. Like, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. 
I yeah, feel like crazy. if a guy like is it ridiculous? If a guy like playing DB sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If a guy like Matthew Stafford, Stafford, like an average long-term NFL quarterback back like that, had those weapons throughout his career, imagine how good he would be. And Baker Mayfield, especially like the hype. Imagine giving Eli Manning yeah. those weapons. Oh, well, oh, oh, he, he, he had Odell. He did have Odell. And he was Eli good Manning. with Odell. <laughs> well, this okay. yeah. Let, let, Eli, let's finish with Eli. Eli, go on. Yeah, I mean, even if Eli Manning did have, like, guys like that, other than Mario Manningham and Hakeem Nix, if he had guys like that. Like, I feel like this Browns team has a lot of potential. I do like their new head coach, but Baker Mayfield just sucks. Like, he's so bad. Like, Fitzpatrick, I feel like Fitzpatrick should honestly go to uh, the Browns. He might be the type of guy who could just, like, change it over, get some veteran experience there, and get Mayfield the hell out of there. Can I just say, the Browns have made OBJ basically irrelevant in the NFL. How do you do that? Like, how can you Baker Mayfield be so bad that OBJ becomes irrelevant? Like, come on. All right, Ori, what's your your, um, verdict? Well, by the powers invested me by the William & Mary mock trial team, Mm -hmm. I declare Baker Mayfield overhyped. So let's move on to our last one. We, we got a court order to keep this one short from the venerable Jacob Kasdan. So, Ellis, introduce our last overhyped, underhyped court court. I do not know if I can keep this civil one short, but we'll try. We'll try. All right, our last one is one we've been talking about since day one of the NFL 2020 season. And it has been a roller coaster ride for both really me and Dan. And it is Josh Allen. I'm going to give Dan the first shot since, you know, me and him are polar opposites. I'm going to end it. So, go on, Dan. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Josh Allen. We have that bet. I think all our loyal listeners understand that. In the first three games, things were looking good for Ole Ellis. Four, I mean, four. Four, ga- four games, yeah. But, uh, again, some awesome competition in the Jets and the Dolphins. And, I mean, woohoo, like, great defenses. So, 2,000 Ravens out here. Mm-hmm. But then Josh Allen woke up one Monday afternoon in – Monday morning, he's not Kieran. Monday morning in Tennessee, and he – Got a voice, and it said, remember who you are. And the last two games, he has been atrocious against two good undefeated teams in the Titans and Chiefs. Albeit, you got to win against the good teams to be a good quarterback. And Josh Allen, we see the inaccuracies. He started five for seven for 25 yards. I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, you could put old Jacob Kazan out there. He'd probably do better than that. So... Until Josh Allen actually – I actually think the media does a really good job of not hyping him up like some because some savior probably because they watch the games and realize he sucks. Um, so I think he's actually hyped by the people not named Ellis Gordon. He's hyped just right. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, as, as Dan said, two, the last two games for Josh Allen have been very, very terrible. However, I'm going to take the other side. I don't think he's top five quarterback. He's top 10. He's a good quarterback. He played very well in the first four games of the season. Got them four wins. Maybe it was three. I'm not sure. I think it's four. And honestly, I'm not going to say it was the weather's fault. But in the last game against the Chiefs, Mahomes did not play that well either. Other than the, touch, the number of touchdowns, his yards, his accuracy was not that good. So I'm saying the weather had a big impact on that. And with the Titans game, I don't know what happened there. That was just a mess of a week with all the coronavirus scares happening. But I don't really know where to put Josh Allen. I don't want to say 
overhyped or underhyped. I think I think he's just right. I think he's he's an above average quarterback, and I'm excited to see where his career and season goes. I think Jacob was just right on saying just right because okay, here's kind of my logic behind it is that I think in the beginning of the season, the first four weeks, I very much think he was overhyped because right people he was a legit MVP candidate. People were saying, oh my god, is he like the next coming of like a Patrick Mahomes type, you know, like like the next great quarterback. And I don't necessarily think it's too early to say that. We've seen that the past two games where, to be fair, he's had a bad game, but he has played two undefeated, two really good teams that had one loss between them. Like, it's not like he played bad teams, but I kind of think right now he's just right. Where people are like, okay, he's still very good, but he's not this like amazing, like savior of the Bills. I kind of agree there, but I do – I feel like he is just above average, top-tier average NFL quarterback, and he's treated like, you know, a lower average quarterback. But I feel like considering, you know, how we were talking about weapons, honestly the only Bills wide receiver I could name is Stephon Diggs. Like, other than that, his weapons aren't really there. And what he's able to do, his arm, how he's able to run, considering he's six six, like 210 – um, it's it's impressive, and I've liked what I've seen from him, even though he hasn't been the most successful against good defenses, as you guys said. So I would say he's a little bit under hype, but not by much. Dear Honorable Judge, first I want to say a couple of pre- prefaces to what I'm about to say. First off, I have certainly overhyped him, partly just because I like clowning Fox for such as bad takes. I mean, it happens a lot, but but I, I got to rub it in every time. Um, second thing, I actually think this year – so. My excuse for Josh Allen is because I saw the talent was he didn't have enough weapons. This year, I think he's actually got Devin Singletary a bit eh, but he, he's a serviceable running back. Stephon Diggs has been playing like a number one, even though his work rate also leaves a lot to be desired, but he's still an amazing receiver. John Brown and Cole Beasley are sneaky, really good pieces, so I think his weapons, while not elite, are there, so there's no more excuses. But let's talk about his games. His first four games were against three really bad defenses. Fair, and he did amazing. Again, the Rams, and he did amazing, except for, if Dan's about to say, the third quarter. He had one bad quarter. You can't just quarterback off of one bad quarter. He won them the game on a game-winning drive, and he scorched them for, for first and second quarter. That was amazing. The media treats him like a bottom top 10 quarterback. The NFL fandom treats him like a bottom – like not sorry, not bottom. That's not the right word. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He is a top 10 quarterback. He is not elite. He is not Patrick Mahomes. But what's the biggest problem with Josh Allen? It's accuracy. The Titans game and the Chiefs game did show, showed me nothing wrong that he hasn't taken a step in his accuracy. Let's look at the Chiefs game real quick. Chiefs have surprisingly take out the Derek Carr game I, as a fluke, and they have the sixth, according to PFF, the sixth best pass defense in the league. That's shocking, I know, but it's true. All right, or maybe seventh now, and then it's going to be lower because of Derek Carr game, but without the Derek Carr game. He and, he, and the, the weather conditions were awful. As Jacob said, Mahomes did not play that well. So he didn't play that well either. But, but the, the pick was not really his fault. He had to throw it up for the game. Otherwise, he would have lost the game. And, and he didn't play well, but neither did Mahomes. I scratched that as, okay, it's, it's still top 10 quarterback. He's actually did not take a step back. Against the Titans game, just a mess of the game. And I don't take – I'm not blaming – I'm not taking blame. He had an awful game. But that first pick threw right on the money to his chest. The receiver dropped it. And so for that – I think by the media, he's underhyped. I consider him a 5 to 10, 5 to 10, somewhere around that quarterback, depending on the defense he can explore. His running game is amazing. His throw power, no one questions, is amazing. His accuracy will never be amazing, but it's taken a step up to make the Bills competitive. I think, I think with the season progresses, he will, I don't think he'll beat the Chiefs, but he can, 
as season progresses mm-hmm. with good weather, he can match – not match Mahomes, but stay relevant enough against Mahomes to keep the Bills and their amazing defense in it. Josh Allen is under-hyped. Look, let me just say, I give Josh Allen a lot of credit because of how inaccurate he was last year and how much of a mess he was mechanically, that he's taken steps this year, and he is probably an above-average quarterback. And I think that if Josh Allen gets hot, his ceiling is that where maybe you could make a Super Bowl with the right talent around him. I think that some people, like Ellis, you know, I guess I get he's clowning, but we can't talk about Josh Allen as elite quarterbacks. In that tier, okay, I am clowning. I don't think he's. Okay. I don't think he's in the tier of Mahomes, but he's right under. Yeah, but not that Mahomes, but like, you know, I'm trying to think of. I don't want to, like, in the tier of tier like uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um. Well, Ryan Tannehill, as I said, I'm super, super high on. So I'm gonna say yes, but I think no. I yeah. get it. I get it. But like, we gotta yeah, actually, see something actually, more. We gotta see Ryan a playoff Hale, win. Ryan we gotta actually, see him perform. Yeah, can I say something real quick? Ryan Tannehill is actually the perfect tier for him, I think. Right, not elite, but right under it. I think Ryan Tannehill's elite. I think Ryan Tannehill. I have a good comparison, I think. Kyler Murray. No. no. He's better than Kyler Murray. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think Kyler Murray is better. I think Josh Allen's a little different because the arm talent is way more. He's putting up the stats. But it's the fumbles, it's the inaccuracy, and it's the – Interceptions have been that big. He has two fumbles on the season, both for the first week. I have a, I have a question for you guys. So, given our take earlier, you were saying Lamar Jackson is overhyped. Who would you take? Josh Allen, a quarterback that many consider right under elite. Oh, Lamar, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Jackson. Lamar. Lamar. Lamar's, Lamar's electric. But it's based. But Josh Allen's a better. Josh Allen is not. Josh Allen's a better. On, it's exactly. based on perception, though, and 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 Josh Allen perceptions. And the reason well, why I overhype him because his perception is such dog shit. Uh, Part of my language, but it really is. Anyway, Ori, what's your decision? I'm gonna put right, just right for Josh Allen. The the venerable Ori <laughs> declares just right. All right, I'll, I'll take it. Before we before we go on, I want each of you to take like quick a quick vote. I'm gonna count on my fingers. Will you take Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Dan, you start. Who do you take? To win a game, Lamar Jackson. Jacob. Lamar. Eli. Lamar, 100%. Ellis. Lamar. Lamar, 100%. And before yeah, we go on to predictions, Ori, I want to get quick. I want to get a quick news update. Is that Fitzpatrick has been benched for Tua? Um, does anyone want to talk about that real quick? Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a need, but also I want to mention the Eagles. They are they are down to two opening day starters that are currently active and healthy, which is ridiculous. The fact that they've won games is insane. Like, like whatever. They have one call. win. They have one win, Jeremy. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. The fact that they won game. This game. And a tie. And I have something I'll say about Tua. A win's unheard of for someone like Jeremy. Excuse me? I won this last time. No, I'm Talk talking, about, about, being a, I'm talking yeah. about being a Jets fan. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's – I agree 100%. Uh, I wasn't attacking you. Just no, the Jets. No, no. Okay, no, no. I agree. I, I will not defend the Jets. I'm – I am a Ravens fan now that I'm moving forward. Oh, please. Uh, move on. Move on. No, with your shut up, Jeremy. What can move I say? On your, I'm move on with your Tua take. My point about Tua is that now that Tua is – that I actually think this is a very good sign for Tua because the fact that they'll bench Fitzpatrick when he's not actually playing bad right? – I'm not saying he was playing like an elite quarterback, but he was playing pretty decently, right? He wasn't playing to the caliber that if he had a more secure starting job that he would get benched. So the yeah, fact the second that, in the division. Yeah, and the, the fact that when they're second in the division, they're starting Tua – must be to me signals how high they are in Tua. 
Because, right, if they start 2 and he does worse than they did with Fitzpatrick, think of how bad that would be for his career. So they must be competent enough. And from what I've seen, I trust Flores. He seems like a good coach from the little we know. So I am actually very excited because if they're starting to, it must be. It's this. another end of an era, though, for Fitzpatrick. But I think we. Uh, you'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Maybe Jets, round two. Take Dude, he should go to the time. Jets. <laughs> uh, Fishman, anyway. Fishman called it. He's going to the Browns. <laughs> You know, you know what I was thinking? You know I was thinking? Cowboys. Andy Dalton looked horrible. Looked you know, so I should think, since you brought out the Browns again, I was just thinking, you know what would be a good fit with the Browns? Who I've heard whispers on the trade block? Matt Ryan. That's not happening. You know who I actually think would be a very good fit with the Browns for next year? Sam Darnold. Because I think he still has talent. Just yeah. the ruined him. So we can get Dude, better there's than no Baker. Talent. Trevor there's, no, there's no talent in, in Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. Well, you're wrong. But okay, we don't have to get into that. Big talent and no talent. All right, right, lead us to our prediction segment. Sure, let's keep this one brief because we ran a bit over on uh, discussion. All right, we already have um, Dodgers and Rays. um, And we're going to have Eli pick one of these matchups, and that that one's going to be worth triple this week because Eli's triple equal. Not triple, not triple. That's way too much. Double, double, double. I I, I I think it should be nothing. I like tiebreakers. I like tiebreakers rather than – I think it should just be one. I think one plus tiebreaker. I like that better. Yeah, I agree. What All do you right. Mean so Eli, Eli just took it. Take Wait, Ellis, what do you mean tiebreaker? Like if it goes down to something, that game was the game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like you choose a game to be the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. So now it is time to move on to predictions. Uh, let's keep them brief. Like Ellis's underpants. Um, we're gonna start off with Steelers Titans. Eli half spoken and half chosen this game to be the tiebreaker game, which means if anything comes down to it and our analysts are tied. The Steelers versus the Titans will be the one game where we must decide. Uh, Steelers, Titans, Ellis, take it away first. Oh, I'm taking it away first. All right. Um, oof. Both undefeated, really good teams with really good coaches. I like both offenses pretty evenly. I think both have really good offenses, and I like them very evenly as an offense goes. Maybe I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Titans a slight edge in that. If anyone can – well, winter is coming for Derrick Henry, which means he's going beast mode. Yeah. But if anyone can stop Derrick Henry, it is the Steelers' defense. And the Titans, don't get me wrong, they have a good defense. Steelers have the best defense so far in the league. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm stumped, but I am going Steelers. But I could totally see Titans. But I'm going Steelers. I am going Steelers. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of stole my analysis right there. I think – for me, I also am going Steelers just because I honestly think the Titans are a better team. And I think matching up against most teams in the NFL, like I think it's like the Chiefs, for instance, although I know they lost them last year, or like against the Bucks or other the, the Packers or other league teams that take the Titans. With that said, I kind of think the Steelers are perfectly made to beat the Titans. They have an explosive enough offense that they can score quickly and kind of run up the score. They have, might be the one team in the NFL with a good enough defensive line to stop Derrick Henry or slow down Derrick Henry. Stops a strong word. So I think I'm going with the Steelers just because I feel like they're kind of tailor-made to beat the Titans. With that said, if the Titans win, even if it's a blowout, I would not be shocked. Uh, yeah, here's a couple of things that I'm keeping in mind for this matchup. I think when you look at Tennessee's recent history, you see them play on a uh, game against the Bills. Well, you saw the COVID thing and then – they play a short week against the Bills um, on Monday night. Then they have to come back and play the Steelers 
uh, not the Steelers, Texans in a very emotional overtime game, very taxing. So, and now they have to go to Pittsburgh and play a very, probably the most physical team in football. I just think, you know, they are, are a great team, but that defense got taxed last game. And this is a, one of the best aerial attacks in football in the Steelers. So I think we're going to get to a situation where Derek Terry is going to be taking out this game because the Steelers are just going to go boom, boom, boom down the field. And I like Roethlisberger over Tannehill right now. I know Tannehill's been playing good, but when the ball's in his hands, I still don't think he's Roethlisberger. Uh, so that's a long way of saying I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to agree with everyone else here. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a great game, high-scoring affair. Neither team has had trouble scoring this year. However, my one, my one bad thing against the Steelers is their schedule has been very, very easy this year. One of the easiest in the league, but I think – they will pull this game out just because of their run defense and the Titans rely so heavily on the run to win their games. All right. Um, Fishman, I'm going to give you a chance to choose this one just because, you know, this is your game. So who do you take? Uh, just because why not? I'm going to be the odd man out. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Titans just because I feel like even against this um, strong Steelers defense, you know, as Jacob said, they haven't faced too many great teams so far. And Ryan Tannehill is the type of guy, you know, with Vrabel, who they're a great combination in terms of getting the ball down the field, not by the simple run or the simple post route. You know, they do the complicated things. They're a very smart team. So I have faith that it's going to be a close game. But, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans do go off. You know, I might not have said this a week ago, but, I, um, you know, I wasn't that high on Derrick Henry. You know, at the beginning of the season, he had a – rough I think it was first two games but 264 yards yesterday you know made me think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans do win and I think it's gonna be a good game all right let's make these next two really quickly Bears versus Rams and Packers versus Texans uh two NFC North teams taking on some pretty solid competition if we're not uh if we're being honest with ourselves but let's start with Bears Rams Bears leading their division right now coming off a high Rams, I think they lost, right, to 49 yeah. in pretty tough fashion. Um, so who are we taking here? Jake, you start us off. Yeah, the Bears are still, even though they are, what are they, 5-1 and one right now? 4-2, and 5-1, and one, whatever they are. They just don't sell to me. They're not that good of a team. Their defense is good. Nick Foles is eh. They're running back. Dave Montgomery's been producing pretty well, but I think the Rams win this game. They get back on track after a rough loss to the Niners. Where's this game? Chicago? The Windy City? I believe so. It's in L.A. I'll tell you L.A. Yeah, a, oh, yeah. um, because they're both so different teams, and I don't really trust either quarterback, but I think that um, I got to see the Bears go on the road and beat a good team before I pick them. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Vice Lamb Jeremy? All right. Oh, God. Well, we're, get, we're having a lot of parody, I guess. We, we're great yeah. minds think alike. Listen, Nick Foles doesn't sell it to me the way – like. The magician's tricks are up. There's, the Bears have nowhere else to run here. They win this game, I'll pick, start picking them. Otherwise, I still don't trust them. Nick Foles doesn't look good. David Montgomery actually doesn't look good either. The, Ra the Rams are just a better team. It comes down to that. I'm picking the Rams. I think for me, I actually was going to pick the Bears. Then I remember something. The Rams lost last week. I know something that I was listening to that kind of said this, and I think it's actually very true. It's really hard for a good team with a really good coach, and I do think Sean McVay is a very good coach, to lose two weeks in a row. So I, do, I really don't think that they're going to get 
beaten in a hard game against the 49ers then are not going to come out firing. So honestly, I want to go with Big Nick, Big Socks, but I just, I can't. I'm sorry. That my, my heart, I'm picking against my heart this week. If, if Nick Foles wins though, I promise I will start picking him. Yeah, I agree with everybody. All right. Nice and simple. Um, moving on, Packers, Texans, quick game. Rodgers uh, coming off a tough loss to Tampa. And when Tampa is mentioned, Daniel is followed. So, Daniel. Who, this, who is this overrated bump playing? He's playing the um, he's playing the Texans, who almost beat the Titans. Oh, the Texans. Um, well, I guess this isn't a big game for him. So, I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers. He's probably going to throw four touchdowns, no picks, probably 300 yards. He's going to make some crazy plays. He's going to discount, double check, and celebrate. And everyone's going to be like, oh, he's back. And then he'll lose, you know, he'll lose the next time he plays a big big game. It's okay. I'll go next. Uh, I agree with Foxy here. I think the Packers are going to win this game. Made a rough, very, very rough game against Tampa. But uh, they're better than that. Maybe get some, some more hip thrusts. We'll get some more hip thrusts from Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, I, I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. You know what I think it is for me? It's, for me, it's literally the exact same analysis I had for the last game. I don't – great teams. And the Packers, I know after Tampa they didn't look like it, but I do think they're a very good team, and I do think they're well coached. Because of that, I don't think they're going to lose two weeks in a row. So I am also going the Packers. Yeah, all Aaron Rodgers can think about is that touchdown celebration that was beautiful being robbed from him by the corrupt refs. Just kidding. They got the touchdown back anyway. He had no difference in the game. But all he can think about still is that celebration being robbed from him. He needs to do two, three, four, five times and this Texans defense – is going to let him do that. Go Cheeseheads. Packers. Oh, boy. And parody continue. Shut up, fellas. You're lactose intolerant. You can't be really I'm not lactose intolerant since when? Wait, yeah, what? Then what? That doesn't explain that any sort of the bathroom noises that you make ever. Cap, cap, and cap. Bucks Raiders. Danny, take it away because Bucks are mentioned again. Yeah, I mean, look, Tom Brady, he's got his Gronk back. Just like 2011. Shut up. Everything in the world is exactly the same. No, but look, the Raiders, they did beat the Chiefs. They did have a week to prepare, but this is not a good defense. They're not a disciplined defense. They're not a well-coached defense. And Tom Brady's looking his chops. And I guarantee you that pass rush is going to get after Derek Carr. On Sunday night, and the big, what do you call it? The big Roomba? Is that what they're calling uh, L.A.? I mean, Las Vegas, the Roomba. Yeah, yeah, the big Roomba, the big Roomba. Yeah, they're in the big Roomba. So, I got the Bucks. Give me 33-20. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not calling Dan a homer, but I just want to point out that on his wall behind him right now, there is a t- picture of Tom Brady. Prove it. Um, all right. Uh, can we get a picture right here so we can upload it to the podcast? I think not. Because I think post on YouTube. No. Prove it. All right. That's, My room. That's a challenge to me. I'm still picking the Bucs. The Bucs are a much better team. I feel like there isn't that much analysis to do here, to be honest. They just beat the Packers, one of the best teams in the NFL, 38-10. I don't know if they'll win by that much. I think the Raiders are the kind of team you underrate and then end up playing close. I think it'll be closer than we think. But I just I, – I don't think the Bucs are going to lose here. I think they're getting better week by week. Yeah, the Raiders are a little frisky out there. but Frisky! They don't have, frisky. The, they don't have the defense to deal with not wash Tom Brady, even though he's going to next year. But – um. We'll discuss that later. Gronk is washed still, but but that's a whole separate issue. The Bucs are a better team. Yeah, I'll go next. Obviously, 
I, I also agree with everyone. Some some great variety in our picks this week. I think the Bucks win this game. Brady, he showed the old Brady in this game. And I think, as Ellis said, they're getting better every week. The defense is firing, getting some good pass rush from JPP. And uh, even though the Raiders, they had they had a good bye week, so they could probably get some good practice time in. I just don't think they'll have enough to beat the Bucks. And last one, we got your very own Detroit Lions. Woo-hoo! Versus Falcons coming off a really nice win last week. Um, Julio and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan all looking saucy. But the Lions, DeAndre Swift, finally went off, which, I mean, he's not going to go off next week. But, like, yeah, it's, it's a nice time. So, where are we taking? Uh, Jacob, you start us off. Falcons, the Lions aren't good. Falcons have not performed well this year. Yeah, I mean, look, the Detroit Lions – they, I, I tweeted this at Podcast. Go check us out. They have a lot of offensive talent. When you're talking about Matthew Stafford, DeAndre Swift, Kenny Galladay, Adrian Peterson. It's still run, by the way. And their defensive talent is what's holding them back. But this is a very frisky team. And the Falcons are not very frisky. I mean, yeah, one win against the lowly Minnesota Vikings team that's sort of a mess right now and going through a mid-season crisis. I'm not going to, you know, jump on the bandwagon. So I got the Lions. Yeah. All right, go Lions. Three and three? They're frisky. I got the Lions as well. Listen, this this is good. This is this is good. We got some we got some variety in our answers. And I gotta say, this Lions offense is underrated. Kenny Galladay, ooh, he's good. He is so good. Matthew Stafford, very good as well. DeAndre Swift, Ken Ball. This offense, Ken Ball. Marvin Jones will come up deep once in a while. Note this Falcons defense can't do play football. They can't – they can't – their special teams is but their defense – Falcons offense is Ken Ball as well, but the Lions defense is better. I just got to – as the Black Eyed Peas famously said, I got a feeling it's going to be the Lions. The Lions are a good team. I think they're, they're a very 8-8 eight and eight type team, maybe 7-9. and nine. But – eh, maybe that's overhyping them. Yeah, give them a 6-10. and 10. I'm going down a 6-10. and 10, But this is going to be one of their six Lions win. Jeremy? For me, I'm actually going to pick the Falcons this week, and here's why – I think the Falcons are one of those teams that have perennially been underperformers, right? Like, I think they always have talent and they always seem to lose games. That you're like, how the heck with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and do you lose those games? So what I, my only point is that I think a lot of that was Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is gone now. Therefore, I inherently think the Falcons will be better. I could be wrong about this game. This is actually a really good game. I'm not 100% sure who's going to win, but I'm going Falcons. Jeremy, what did you tell me when I picked against the Braves, when I picked against the Dodgers? What did you say? I told you that there's been two teams that scored this entire time. No, you said never picking an Atlanta team. And I did. So I, I listened to you, yeah, last night, and mm-hmm. I listened to you, I and I said that? never picking Atlanta. All right. Oh. Okay. Oh, Eli, what's your choice? Falcons, 100%. They're just better than the Lions. I mean, Trick you, Eli. I'd, I'd, I'd have Matt Ryan Get him over out of here. Matthew Stafford any day of the week. Julio Jones over, Ken, over Kenny Galladay any day of the week. Easy pick. Those are all the predictions for this week, and this episode is shaping up to be a marathon. So 30 seconds of your time, Ellis being very, very excited. So let's see it. Wacky Sport of the Week, yeah. Ellis. Take I'm excited. I know I got a little time. I'm going to speed through this. I'm excited because our Wacky Sport of the Week this week is canine freestyle dancing. You love dogs. We love dogs. Actually, not the hugest. That's heresy. I'm going to get canceled. We all love dogs. Canine freestyle dancing is a dog sport which can be just described as a test for obedience tricks and dancing it's extremely competitive you know those weird dog people that train them to do weird things are all in it they have to musical freestyle dancing 
freestyle healing, which I guess is like dog's ability to maintain variations of the heel position, whatever that is. Sounds like a real dog kind of thing. Um, yeah, and they have to be formed without leashes and training aids. So, you know, I don't like dogs without leashes because last time I met a dog without a leash, it bit me in the butt twice. So, you know, PTSD. So I'm not watching this competition. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch this competition. It's great. It's glorious. If you like dogs, this is for you. It's funny. It's everything you wish for. And now, since that was quick, let us wrap it up for this week. This was a really long episode, but we hope you enjoyed it. Some good content. As always, subscribe to the podcast. Listen to our episodes at Spotify. Buzzsprout, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Am I missing anything else? I think that's it. Also, don't forget to check out Eli's channel. Eli, plug it again. Talking Ball with Eli Fishman. Check out Talking Apostrophe. Ball. Apostrophe. N and apostrophe, not NG. All right. So to check that out as well. On top of that, why don't you subscribe to Eli's channel and our channel yes. at Who's On Top. Yeah, we, yeah, Jeremy has never been posting, but maybe one day he'll get around to one it and days. he'll post some highlights from the podcast, the podcast themselves. We never know, but you don't know either, so you might want to check it out to find out. And, of course, follow our great Dan Fox on Twitter at watt.podcast. That's capital W-O-T dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's a great Twitter live streaming game. Really good takes. Some of them are a bit biased, but we love it there. And for- 398 followers. 398 yeah. followers. We're so close. Okay. I just met Jeremy. 400 is the dream. I, 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 I just took out our analyst, Jeremy. So mm-hmm. that means even more follow YouTube so it feels better. And now, also, so that's, that's where you get the Dan Fox's thoughts. And follow our Instagram to get some really spectacular um, head out, what, what, head, head editing on people. I don't know how to say it. Like, like Photoshops. And uh, when our episodes come out to keep up to date, that, that's what, what that podcast, that's lowercase, W-O-T dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And thank you for listening to another week, episode 35 of our podcast. And let's wrap it up, guys. As always, have a great week. We hope you stay safe, stay healthy out there. Winter is coming. Well, that's good for Derrick Henry and Game of Thrones. Not the best for all of us. So stay safe, stay healthy. (laughs) Hope you like the podcast. And as always, you know it's coming. Goodbye. Bye.